Hi guys, and welcome back to the Mystery and Comedy Old Time Radio Podcast. I'm sorry to be getting this into your feed so late today, but please welcome back to the show the Queen of Comedy herself, Miss Lucille Ball with co-star Mr. Richard Denning in the CBS comedy show My Favorite Husband. You may have heard My Favorite Husband on my previous episode which was episode six and if you haven't heard that i would highly recommend going back and listening to that episode first in today's episode in this first one it is called liz teaches the samba liz and george cooper have a night on the town planned as liz wants to go with their friends the rickies to a dance party But unfortunately, George Cooper does not know that that's happening tonight. And so he asks Liz politely to cancel the planned event with the Rickies until later on. Because his current boss and new boss, Mr. Atterbury, and his new boss, Mr. Forsythe, are coming over for a dinner party meeting to discuss his role in the bank. But unfortunately for Mrs. Cooper, she does not care for Mr. Foresight and his lousy jokes. But later on in the episode, Mr. Foresight asks Liz Cooper to teach his son Wally how to samba in preparation for a dance that he's attending and in the second episode it is called Roscoe and Katie Katie is Liz and George Cooper's maid Katie has been corresponding with her boyfriend Roscoe who she has not seen in over 15 years she has been writing him letters and telling him that she is a very wealthy divorcee with a maid that helps out around the house. But unbeknownst to George Cooper, he does not know that Liz and Katie have this planned out. I hope you guys enjoy Miss Lucille Ball and Mr. Richard Denning in the CBS comedy show My Favorite Husband. If you like the show, please comment and subscribe. And enjoy the show, guys. Thanks. Hey, Lucille Ball. Yes, it's the Gay Family Series starring Lucille Ball with Richard Denning as Liz and George Cooper. Two people who live together and like it. As we look in on the Coopers this morning, they're just ready to have breakfast. Good morning, George. Hey, what are you so gay about? Because we're going to the Starlight Roof with the Rickies tonight. I've always wanted to go there. Uh Uh-oh. Was that tonight? Yes, and I'm going to wear my brand new dress and a pair of... What do you mean? Uh Uh-oh, was that tonight? Well, we can't go, Liz. Mr. Atterbury's coming over with Mr. Forsythe. Oh, George, can't you put them off? Tell them you broke your leg or something. Oh, sure. They wouldn't suspect anything when I walked into the bank in the morning. Well, after we come home from the starlight roof, we can break your leg. (laughs) I'm sorry, honey. Mr. Forsythe is too important. He was just elected to the board of directors. You'll just have to call the Rickies and tell them we can't make it. No. Liz... Baby, won't you think of me once a... Pouting won't get you any place. So just slide that lower lip back about a foot. (laughs) Baby, won't you think of me once in a while? Now, why don't you think of me once in a while? You know, all business isn't done in offices, Liz. There are more important things for women to do than taking care of the house and cooking and looking after children. 
There are? <laughs> well, I should say so. Hey, wait a minute. You have a maid to take care of the house, you don't know how to cook, and we don't have any children. Hey, what do you do all day, anyway? What do I do all day? Well, I like that. I spend hours... I spend the whole afternoon... Most of my time is taken up by... I'm going to call the Ricky. That's better. And see how nice you can be to Mr. Forsythe this evening. Oh, is he bringing his horsey wife and that jerky son of his along? His wife's out of town. I don't know about his jerky son. Now, stop that, Liz. You'll get me in trouble. Well, he's sure to bring along some of those stale stories of his. Yeah, and that's another thing. He fancies himself quite a storyteller, so laugh it up. I'll laugh at everything but that story about the dog and cat. You know, the cat can't sing a note, the dog's a ventriloquist. Well, Liz, he always tells that one. You, you have to give him some reaction. I'll give him a reaction, all right, but it might not be the one you expect. <laughs> I'd better test you. Now, let's pretend I'm Mr. Forsythe. Okay. <laughs> have you heard the one about the dog who played the guitar and the cat who sang Listen to the Mockingbird? Yes. Liz... <laughs> Times. Liz. It wasn't funny in the first place. Now stop. You tell it lousy. Now that's enough. Where's your horsey wife and your jerky son? Now cut it out, Liz. <laughs> I want to hear you laugh tonight. Well, then you better sit close and tickle me. Good dinner, Liz, girl. Oh, yes. Yes, indeed. It's a wonderful dinner, Mrs. Cooper. Certainly was wonderful. Well, thank you, Mr. Forsythe. Yeah, well, hey, I just happened to think of a very funny story. Well, here we go. Oh, this one is a, is a Jim Dandy. It's a real pipperoo. Say, have you heard the one about... No, I haven't No, how one. does it go? But, uh... No, really, we haven't heard it. Go ahead. Uh, but I haven't told you what it's about yet. It doesn't matter. They haven't heard it. They might have. Uh... Want to bet? <laughs> Is it about the dog who played the guitar and the cat who sang? Uh, yes. They haven't heard it. Go ahead. <laughs> well, it seems there was this uh, dog. Dog, you see, and he... He played the guitar while while a little cat sang, um, um... Listen to the Mockingbird. Yeah, yeah. You're uh, sure you haven't heard this one? No, no, and I'm dying to see how it comes out. <laughs> oh, I can't stand it. <laughs> well, his booking agency took him down to a theater manager. He was amazed, and he said, That's amazing. Now, here's where it gets really good. <laughs> the, agent, the agent said, Look... Before you hire them, I think there's something you ought to know. <laughs> something in my throat. Have a glass of water, please. Miss Cooper? Liz! Huh? Oh, that's very funny. <laughs> the cat can't sing and know the dog's a ventriloquist. <laughs> it's a funny idea, isn't it, George? <laughs> Liz. <laughs> Mr. Forsythe didn't finish the story. He asked for a glass of water. Ooh. <laughs> You've ruined his story. Oh, was that really the answer? It was just a wild guess. <laughs> no, that wasn't the answer. It wasn't? What? No, no. You see, the theater owner wanted to hire just the cat. But the agent said he can't work alone. Here's the twist. <laughs> the dog makes all his arrangements. Oh! <laughs> Uh, tell me, Mr. Forsythe, how's your family? Your cute little wife and your uh, adorable son. Oh, they're fine, Mrs. Cooper, although my son, Wally, is really having a very trying time right now. Oh, uh, what's wrong with the boy? Uh, his first big formal dance is next week, you see, and it seems everybody in his crowd knows how to samba, but poor old Wally. Oh, oh, for goodness sake. Children worry about the silliest things, don't they? Doing the samba is so easy. You know how to do the samba? Oh, Liz is a wonderful samba dancer. Oh, yes, I love to samba. Well, uh, Mrs. Cooper would have been asking too much for you to teach Wally how to samba in time for the dance. Well, I... Uh... Oh, she'd love to. She'll do it. No, no, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep 
family. Now, let's let... Let's let Mrs. Cooper decide. After all, she's the one who has to do the teaching. Well, Liz? Well, Liz? Gladly, she said, with the cold muzzle of a revolver at each temple. Excellent. I'll send him over the very first thing in the morning. Good. Mrs. Cooper, what are you doing dancing around the living room? Oh, haven't you heard, Katie? I'm opening up a dance studio. Huh? Yes, all you need is six lessons with Liz Lazonga. My slogan is learn to samba with a red-hot number. <laughs> now, what are you talking about? I'm giving a samba lesson this morning to the son of the new board member at the bank. Oh, really? What's the boy like? Well, all I know is he's painfully shy. Never takes his eyes off the ground. No. Yeah, the first time I saw him, I thought he was looking for cigarette butts. <laughs> oh, that must be Wally. I'll get it. Well, good luck, Mrs. Cooper. Oh, hello. How are you, Wally? You remember me. I'm Liz Cooper. Uh, won't you come in? <laughs> uh, let's go in the living room, shall we? <laughs> won't you sit down? Picked up any good cigarette butts lately? <laughs> Wally, say something. I think I'm going to faint. <laughs> now, Wally, your father said you wanted to learn to samba. Uh, samba. We might as well begin. Uh, suppose you watch me now. Now, this is a basic step. Now, watch my hips, see? Do you think you can do that? Well, why don't you say something? I'm watching your hips. <laughs> Wally, look, the step is very simple. And this time, look at my feet. Da 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 Wally, you're still watching my hips. I like them. They're different. <laughs> different from what? My hips. <laughs> look, Wally, you saw how it goes. Why don't you see if you can do it? Well... I'll try. Good. Now you try it alone first. Da 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 da. Fine, fine. Only take smaller steps. Don't don't leap around so much. You'll be dancing with a girl, not an antelope. This <laughs> is kind of fun. Well, it's really an easy step to do. Uh, I think maybe you've got it now. Suppose we try it together. I said, suppose we dance together. You mean <laughs> just the two of us? <laughs> Yes, that's the usual number. <laughs> Mrs. Cooper, I can't dance with you. You're a woman. <laughs> I know, my husband likes me this way. <laughs> I don't know. Look, Wally, some people are men and some are women. They're made that way so they can dance together. My shoe always bends under like this. Well, if it isn't broken, we might as well go on dancing, huh? I'm beginning to like it. Me too, Wally. I haven't had so much fun since I stepped on a rusty nail. On with the dance. Hey, Liz. I'm here in the bedroom, George. How'd the lesson go, dear? Just peachy. Hey, what are you doing? Soaking these red blobs that used to be my feet. <laughs> my legs look like a couple of thermometers. Mm. Then Wally isn't exactly Arthur Murray. George, Wally dances the samba like a kangaroo with hot coals in its pouch. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry the kid gave you such a rough time, honey, but it was worth it. Mr. Forsythe came to my office this afternoon, gave me a cigar, and sat and talked for half an hour. he never done that before. Well, I'm glad my arches didn't fall in vain. <laughs> oh, he said Wally had a wonderful time and was absolutely thrilled, uh, you know, learning to samba. 
Well, it's nice to know the dancing bear enjoyed himself. Oh, he did. In fact, the dancing bear is coming over for another lesson tomorrow. Oh, no. George, I can't do it. My feet are only human, you know. But, Liz, it may mean a promotion. I'll say you'll do it. For me, huh? Well, all right, George. But believe me, these little piggies will never go to market again. We find Liz in the unaccustomed role of dancing teacher. Right now, she's giving Wally Forsythe his second samba lesson. They're dancing not cheek to cheek, but shin to shin. Well, Wally, that was fine. You've improved a lot. Gee, do you really think so, Mrs. Cooper? I certainly do. We've been dancing for five minutes. You've only stepped on my feet six times. <laughs> it was real shrewd of you to wear Mr. Cooper's old football shoes. <laughs> yeah, you don't get to my toes for three inches. <laughs> well, shall we try it once more? Uh, Mrs. Cooper, before we try dancing again, I'd like to <clears throat> ask your advice about something. Well, all right, Wally. Maybe we'd better sit down. Shall we sit here on the couch? Well, oh, it's all right, Wally. I'll sit at one end and you can sit at the other. Well, we could put a pillow between us to make it proper. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll go upstairs and you call me on the downstairs phone. <laughs> oh, no, no, it's all right, Mrs. Cooper. So we'll sit on the couch. All right, now, Wally. What do you want advice about? Oh, I know it sounds awful silly, but I'm in love. You are, Wally? Yeah. With a girl. <laughs> well, you couldn't have made a better choice. <laughs> you see, she doesn't know it yet, Mrs. Cooper, and I wanted to ask you, should I tell her or keep it to myself? Of course you should tell her, Wally. But she, you don't know how bashful I am, Mrs. Cooper. Even in school, when I want to leave the room, I don't hold up my hand. I climb out the window. Uh-huh. Well, uh, well, it shouldn't be too difficult. Just take her by the hand and say, I love you. Okay. Uh, Mrs. Cooper? Yes? Give me your hand. What? Mrs. Cooper, I love you. Wally, there must be some mistake. No mistake. I love you, Mrs. Cooper. Or, as I call you in my diary, dreamboat. <laughs> you wrote that in your diary? Yes, Mrs. Cooper. So when I got home last night, I crossed out nothing much happened today, and I wrote in, Wow! <laughs> say things like that. After all, I know you're older than I am and you're married, but, well, I just can't help the way I feel. Frankly, Mrs. Cooper, I think you're just real gone. Well, anyway, my feet are. I hope you aren't mad at what I said, but honestly, you're the swellest person I've ever known. You're the only person who's ever been nice to me. Oh, now, Wally, surely somebody else is nice to you. What about your father? He acts like he doesn't even know me. What makes you say that? He always refers to me as what's his name. <laughs> Wally, I'm very flattered that you think you're in love with me, but you must remember I'm married to George. Gee, I forgot all about Mr. Cooper. Oh, you wouldn't mind leaving him, would you? I wouldn't mind. I thought not. Oh, he's so old. Old? He must be way over 30. Why, uh, yes. Yes, that's right, Wally. George is old and kind of broken down, and he needs me. Needs you? Yes, he, he needs me to keep fresh batteries in his hearing aid. <laughs> and I'm the one he calls when his mush is too hot. He's too weak to blow it himself. Oh, I should have known you'd be like this, loyal to the end. But if this is farewell, then could I... Could I kiss you goodbye? Well, I... Just one little kiss on the hand? All right, Wally. What are we waiting for? Where can I park my gum? 
don't bother parking it. We aren't going to be stopped that long. Okay. Oh, oh, you see, my kiss makes you cry out with passion, doesn't it? No, your braces scratched me. Can you believe it, Mr. Atterbury? <laughs> Tell us more, Liz. What did Wally do there? Well, then he took me by the hand and said, Mrs. Cooper, I love you. Why, that little <laughs> devil. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Imagine Wally being in love with you, Liz. <laughs> Isn't that a scream? Ha, <laughs> <laughs> ha. Oh, now, Liz, you, you'll have to admit it's pretty hilarious. Well, I'll admit I'm old enough to be his sister. And I don't see why his being in love with me is so funny. You fell in love with me once, you know. Well, Liz, honey, I don't see why you're getting sore. Uh, now, 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 look, you two, it's all over, and Liz did a wonderful job. George, we're in solid with foresight, thanks to her. Oh, it wasn't so much. Oh, yes, it was. And to show my appreciation, I'm going to take you out on the town tonight, anywhere you want to go. Oh, could we, could we possibly go to the Starlight Roof? Why not? Oh, wonderful. I have come back. I'd have to see you again, Mrs. Cooper. Wally, what are you doing here? Mr. Cooper, your wife and I love each other. Madly. And I want you to give her up. After all, you're old. Your hair is streaked with gray. Your face is all lined and saggy. And your stomach is... I'm Mr. Atterbury! <laughs> That's Mr. Cooper. Oh, I'm sorry. Mr. Cooper, your wife and I love each other. Don't we, Dreamboat? Worry. What, Dreamboat? Go away. No, no, stay here. Speak up. Blow your whistle, Dreamboat. George, Mr. Atterbury, please. I've decided to take you away, Mrs. Cooper. I can't leave you here, a nursemaid to an empty shell of an old man. <laughs> what? Wally. Sometimes it's merciful to be cruel. And tell your husband what you said about him today. Liz, what did you say about me? Well, I, uh, uh... Go ahead, don't be afraid. Telling Dreamboat, Wally Forsythe, don't call me Dreamboat. Anything you say, darling? And don't call me darling. Okay, I won't, dear. And don't call me dear. Try mother. <laughs> Mr. Cooper, why don't you step out and let your wife find the happiness she deserves? After all, you're an older man. You're more like her father. The boy's right. Why don't you give her up, Dad? <laughs> Liz, what did you tell this kid about me? Well, it's all very simple, George. I explained to Wally about your age and how you need me. Uh, understand, George? I, I explained how you're getting on in years, and now more than ever you need me. It isn't fair to hold her. You can get somebody else to blow your mush. Oh, she's right, Wally. I need her now more than ever. If, if Liz left, there'd be nobody here to knit my shawl. And, and when my rheumatism twists me in knots, who'd untie me? See, Wally, he needs me. I can't leave him. But Dreamboat, their mother. I mean, Mrs. Cooper. Well, what about me? Very well. I'll go away. I'm going where there aren't any women. You're going to join the Foreign Legion? No, I'm going to join the YMCA. <laughs> Mrs. Cooper, as long as this is goodbye, may I kiss your hand? Of course, Wally. Oh, oh. darn those braces. Farewell. <laughs> Wasn't he sweet? George, why don't you ever kiss my hand? Well, I would, kiddo, but I'm too old to bend over. <laughs> Never mind. Well, now that Liz's grimy amours are out of the way, shall we go to the Starlight Room? Oh, yes, Les. I better get dressed. Oh, George, we're finally going to the Starlight Room. I'll get it. Hello? Oh, hello. How are you, sir? 
tonight. Well, uh, I, uh... Oh, yes. Uh, yes, it'll be all right. I'll tell her. Uh, goodbye. Who is that, George? Mr. Forsythe. He's on his way over here. What on earth for? Well, you did such a good job with Wally. Now, he wants to learn the samba. Oh, no! to My Favorite Husband, starring Lucille Ball with Richard Denning, and based on characters created by Isabel Scott Rawley. Tonight's program was produced and directed by Jess Oppenheimer, who wrote the script with Madeline Pugh and Bob Carroll, Jr. Original music was composed by Marlon Skiles and conducted by Wilbur Hatch. favorite husband has been presented through the worldwide facilities of the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service. It's time for My Favorite Husband, starring Lucille Ball. AFN Europe presents the radio comedy series My Favorite Husband, starring Lucille Ball with Richard Denning. You should not have do the dishes. Oh, Katie, why didn't you stay up in your room? I'm practically finished. Just one more dish and I'm through. I'm through. <laughs> Are you feeling any better, Katie? Oh, I'm not really sick, Mrs. Coulard. I'm just worried. Worried? Are you in any kind of trouble, Katie? Yes. You see, I have a boyfriend, Roscoe Miller. I haven't seen him in 15 years. 15 years? Now, don't you let him rush you into anything. Oh, no, I won't. Uh, you see, we've been corresponding. Roscoe's very wealthy, and somewhere he got the idea that I was wealthy, too. Uh, someone wrote and told him I travel in fancy society. Well, now, who told him a thing like that? I did. Oh. <laughs> well, I had matrimonial designs on him, and I wanted to, to sound glamorous. And, and now he's coming to town, and he'll stop in and see me. Oh, what'll I do, Mrs. Cougar? Well, can't you write to him and tell him not to come? No, I sent him a letter, but he'd already left. It was returned to me here. Let me see. Dearest Roscoe, I was utterly charmed to receive your gracious note and hasten to reply as soon as I got done reading it. Uh, those fancy words don't sound like the real me. Well, the real you keeps popping through every so often. In your last letter, you said my dinner party sounded like I was eating with the upper set. I don't know how you could tell from way out there in Kansas, but as long as you're interested, I now have a new lower set and can eat better than ever. It's a lucky thing this letter came back. Oh, Mrs. Cougar, what'll I do? I just can't let him know I've been fibbing to him. Oh, I'll go out of town. Oh, now, Katie. Oh, I can't see him. I know. I'll kill myself. Oh, now, be sensible. There must be something we can do. <gasps> of course. It's very simple. I saw them do it in a movie once. The lady of the house played the maid, and the maid was the lady of the house. <laughs> It'll be kind of fun, Katie. I'll be your maid, and you can be everything you said you were. Well, do you really think we could get away with it? Certainly. Meet Liz, your new maid. If you want anything, just call, ma'am. <laughs> This sense of yours sets me, Mrs. Cougar. Uh, uh, there. 
How does it look? No, not that one, Katie. It's too tight. Oh, but it's such a pretty shade of yellow. I know, but it's too tight. You look like a ripe banana. <laughs> oh, really? It's not bad. Let me walk around in it. I'll show you. All right. <laughs> what was that? Banana split. <laughs> That's all right, Katie. It was an old dress. What about this one? Oh, it's beautiful, but I might split it, too. Well, I guess we might as well give up. I'm just too fat for your clothes. Oh, fiddle-faddle. Well, that's just it. My fiddle's okay, but I'm too big in the faddle. <laughs> well, try it on. Yes, ma'am. And you've got to remember I'm not ma'am. I'm Liz, the maid. All right. Liz. Good. Now, you remember that, won't you? Yes, ma'am. Oh, Katie. How does that dress feel? Oh, fine, except for one thing. I can't sit down. Oh, you're exaggerating. Oh, Mrs. Cougat is here. Give me your apron. There, Dad, do I look like a maid? Oh, you look okay. And now remember, let Ross go in, take his hat, and show him into the living room. All right, all right. Now, you go on in. I'll get the door. Oh, I'm so excited. Good afternoon. Is the lady in the house in? Yes, madam is expecting you. May I take your hat? Oh, sure, here. This way, please. There she is. Well, aren't you going to say anything to each other? I never saw him before in my life. You didn't? What's going on here? Don't ask me. I just came here to collect for the newspaper. Oh. <laughs> hey, I'm Katie. Yes, ma'am. Hey, the maid's giving the orders. What'd you do, lady? Lose an election, but Here's your money. Goodbye. Oh, too bad. That was a false alarm. I had myself all primed. Oh, gee, I wish I could sit down. I'm weak. Well, stiffen up and I'll lean you against something. <laughs> Say, what does this Roscoe look like? Well, when I first met him, he was tall, dark, and handsome and had flowing hair. He uh, sent me a picture recently. Is he still tall, dark, and handsome? Uh, no. Somehow he managed to get short and dumpy. <laughs> you know, that happens to a lot of men. And their hair stops flowing and just sort of trickles. <laughs> oh, that must be him. We'll go back in the living room. I'll get it. You open the door, take his hat, show him in. Good afternoon. I'm Roscoe Miller. Oh, no. <laughs> Won't you come in? May I take your hat? No, thank you. Madam is waiting in the living room. May I take your hat? No, thank you. I'll tell her you're here. May I take your hat? Young lady, this may come as quite a shock to you, but I'm not wearing a hat. <laughs> well, go right into the living room. What are you staring at? I haven't seen anybody curtsy in years. Oh, Down, Ralph. Oh, thank you, Katie. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, ain't you going to sit down too, Katie? Oh, no, no. I'll stand. Oh, come on, Katie. Sit down by me here on the couch, huh? No, no, no. I always stand. Uh, but why? Uh, well, I, um, uh, well, I. She wants to be ready in case somebody plays a Star Spangled Banner. <laughs> I'm very patriotic. Oh, you're talking, Bosch. Come on, sit down here. Roscoe, Roscoe, let go my arm. Well, there goes her patriotism. <laughs> Excuse me, please. I'll go get the tea. Well, Roscoe, tell me all about yourself. No, 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 Katie. You tell me all about yourself. <laughs> no, Roscoe, I want to hear about you. You never married, did you? I can't understand why some girl didn't snap you up. Well, Katie, you want to know something? <laughs> Neither can I. <laughs> You're not married, are you, Katie? No, Roscoe. Just like I wrote you in my letters, I don't even have any boyfriends. Then whose cigar is that in the ashtray? Cigar? Oh, oh dear. It's... It's mine. Oh. You? Yes, but 
There's nothing I like better than a good cigar. Well, here, have one of mine. Corona, Corona. Here, I'll light it for you. Oh, no, I, I don't feel like smoking right now. I, I'll just hold it. It uh, looks like a real expensive cigar. Yeah. Hey, I thought you didn't have any boyfriends, Katie. Well, here's a picture of a handsome young devil, and it's inscribed, yeah, to my darling wife. On our first anniversary. Oh, yes, yes. I, I guess I did marry him, but I divorced him right after. Mm. <laughs> Here's another in a hockey uniform. It says, to my wonderful wife on our fifth anniversary. It does? Well, I, I married him later. Uh, we were divorced right after that. Looks like the same fella. Well, it does. Well, I mean, uh, they were twins. <laughs> Pardon me, madam, but how do you get the cream and sugar into those little tea bags? <laughs> Never mind the tea, just stay here and have a cigar. What? Well, you see, Roscoe's been asking me about my husband. He saw the pictures. Uh-oh. Hey, she doesn't seem to make sense. Oh, I'm so sorry you brought it up, Mr. Miller. I should have warned you. We don't speak of him around here. It upsets her. Oh, Katie, I'm sorry. What happened? You tell him, Liz. Yes, tell me. I, I sense something strange. I'm anxious to know what the story is going to be. So am I. Huh? Uh, I mean, well, it seems he left here one night seven years ago, and, and, and we haven't heard from him since. No. Yes. A and he took the children with him. No. Yes. And he took her automobile with him. The cab? No, the Buick. <laughs> and then we heard the bad news. Uh, Katie, you don't have to torture yourself by listening to this, you know. Oh, it's all right, Roscoe. I want to see how it comes out. Uh, well, the police came, and uh, we learned the money was missing. He knew the, the grand jury was going to indict him, and the strain was too much. You mean? Yes, amnesia. <laughs> wandering the world somewhere, not even knowing who he is. No, 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 no. Katie, Katie, don't you cry. Oh, I can't help it. That's the saddest story I ever heard. <laughs> Um, maybe you'll find him someplace. What was his name? Esther. Uh, uh, Adolf. Adolf Jensen. Katie, I'm going to help you find this man. I'll hire a detective agency. Now, you tell me, where did you meet this uh, Adolf Jensen? At the country club. At the bank. Beg your pardon? At the bank. At the country club. Katie, certainly you know where you met your husband. Uh, well, it was such a long time ago. How long? Eight years. Ten years. Ten years. Eight years. <laughs> I'll get it. Excuse me. Uh, now, you try to get hold of yourself, Katie. Corey Cartwright, am I glad to see you. Step out here on the porch. Liz, dear, what's the matter? You've got to help me. I'm in a jam. Now, look. Katie's old boyfriend is in there, and she wrote and told him she was wealthy. And now he thinks her husband is a bank embezzler, and I think he's getting wise. You lost me around that last curve. <laughs> Corey, try to understand. Roscoe Miller is Katie's old boyfriend who thinks she's married to Adolph Jensen. Adolph has amnesia because he embezzled the bank, and we've got to get rid of Roscoe before George comes home and he finds out the truth. Now, is that clear? Sure. You just condensed the plot of the last three years of Ma Perkins. Look, I can't explain now. Just do me a favor and get rid of that man in our living room. Take him anywhere. Well, I'll take him downtown and drop him somewhere. I was going to the railroad station anyway. Oh, are you meeting someone? No, but a lot of pretty girls travel on trains, and they're always kissing their friends hello and goodbye. I get down there just before train time. In the excitement, they don't know who they're kissing. <laughs> Now you forget about that and get rid of Roscoe for us. Well, here's your 
dress, Mrs. Cougat. I worked on it for an hour, but it's ripped too bad to fix. You can take it out of my salary. Oh, nonsense, Katie. Hello? Hi, dear. How are things going? Oh, hello, George. Everything's fine. Uh, you're not cooking dinner, are you? <laughs> no, Katie's much better. You don't have to worry. Oh, good. Say, uh, is it all right if I bring a friend home? Oh, certainly. Who is it? Anyone I know? No, he's a stranger in town. Uh, happened in and bought some bonds from me. Uh, his name's uh, Miller, Roscoe Miller. <gasps> Liz. Liz? Oh, I guess we were disconnected. Oh, George, no. George, hello? Oh, he hung up. Oh, what's the matter, Mrs. Cougar? Just call me Liz. What? We've been held over, Katie. We've got to give a repeat show for the West Coast. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't know how, but somewhere George has found Roscoe, and he's bringing him home for dinner. Oh, no, I can't go through it again, Mrs. Cougar. Call him back. Tell him I'm sick, anything. I'll call him right away. Can you imagine, Bessie? That's exactly what he said to me. Oh, darn, somebody's on this party line. If I had it been you, Ruthie, I'd have loved him once. <laughs> I would have, Bessie, but how would it look? He's two feet shorter than me. Gee, you should all have time about those elevated shoes. <laughs> I did. And guess what? I give up, hey. <laughs> They get off the line. <clears throat> Same real thing. I think we got company on the line. Hey, big ears, if you want to hear something, why don't you turn on the radio? I think they heard me. Oh, why don't they hang up? I know just what to tell George. I'll say I have locked George. Locked jaw? Yes, and I can't eat dinner. How does this sound? Mm, don't come home tonight, George. I have locked jaw. Locked jaw. Oh, it sounds sick, all right. Oh, I hope they're through talking. What do you do then, Ruthie? Ah. <laughs> to use this phone. Uh-oh. Miss Budinsky's back again. <laughs> Make like you don't hear her. We got right. Now, what were you saying, dearie? Oh, they're going to be on there all day. Well, isn't there anything you can do? I've got an idea. Be very quiet now. And there we were, just the two of us under the stars. He gazed into my eyes and I gazed into his and... <laughs> How could you gaze into each other's eyes if you were so much taller than him? I was sitting down and he was standing up. <laughs> You're so smart. Pardon the interruption, please. This is a supervisor. We are putting this line out of service temporarily. Hang up, please. Don't look now, but Nosy Josie's back again. <laughs> now, look, I have to use this line. This is an emergency. Oh, yeah? What kind? Uh, my house is on fire. Then there's only one decent thing for us to do, Ruthie. Yeah. We'll go over and help her toast marshmallows. <laughs> Very funny. A real thing. Yes, yes. Hang on a minute. I want to see how my roast is doing. Don't hang up. I won't. Oh, Katie, I've got some now. Oh, Ruthie. Yes, yes. Uh, sorry, i got to go now. My roast is burning up hay. <laughs> Goodbye. One guy now. We'll wait for Bessie. Oh, well, thanks. Yeah, kid. The roast is okay. Oh, that's good. But I gotta go now, Bessie. My bath is running over. And you know how that guy downstairs complains. Oh, okay. Goodbye, Bessie. Goodbye. <laughs> 
National Bank. Mr. Cougat, please. Oh, I'm sorry. Mr. Cougat is gone for the day. Are you sure? Why, yes. He left with another gentleman. Said he was going to show him the town. Oh, darn. Two ladies gone. Oh, what do we do now? Get out the marshmallows, Katie. I think I'll set house on fire. Hey, Liz, where are you? In here, Corey. Oh, well, I just stopped by to tell you I got rid of Roscoe Miller for you. I dropped him on a corner downtown. Oh, why didn't you drop him into an open manhole? Uh-oh. What happened? Well, apparently Roscoe wandered into the bank and met George, and Mother's little helper is bringing him home to dinner. Oh, no. Oh, yes, and you've got to go find him and head them off, or, or we'll have to keep up this crazy Adolph Jensen business all night. But where can I find them? I don't know, but find them. Go to all the points of interest, places you'd show an out-of-town guest. Say, that's a good idea. I haven't seen half those places myself. <laughs> Mr. Miller, here we are. Well, wait a minute. You live here? Well, well, yes. I thought you looked familiar. Oh, I've got wonderful news for you, son. What? (laughs) Welcome home, Adolph. Adolph? Yes, Adolph, or George, as you call yourself. I got something to tell you, son. Before you go into that house, you should know something. You have a wife. (laughs) Well, I I should hope so. I had one this morning when I left the house. George, it only seems like this morning. Actually, it was seven years ago. (laughs) What are you talking about? Uh, Well, this must be confusing to you, my boy. Now, don't worry. Just walk into that house. Your loved ones are waiting for you, Adolph Jensen. This is going to be the happiest day in your life. I don't know what you're talking about. Look, I'll open the door and show, door and show you. I'm not Adolph Jensen. I'm George Cougar. Hello, honey. Adolph, welcome home. What is this? Come on, baby, give me a kiss. No, Adolph, that's not your wife. The other one is. <laughs> Although I can't say I blame you. Hey, Adolf, darling. Hey, what's the matter with all of you? Why do you keep calling me Adolf? Because that's your name. You've been sick. You've had amnesia for seven years, and now you're well again. And Katie's your wife. Now I'm sick again. (laughs) What is this? Now, Adolf, we're trying to help you. Help you remember the past. First of all... What about the children? The children? Yes, Adolf, you remember the children? I haven't got any children. Oh, yes, you have. How many was it? Seven. Six. Six. I'll take it, Katie. Six. Well, if I have so many children, where are they now? Don't you have them? No, I don't. What have you done with them? Think, Adolf, think. My name isn't Adolf. I'm George Cougar. Is that clear? Well, you does seem rather positive, Casey. Uh, are you sure this is Adolf? Uh, does he have any identifying marks, tattoos, moles, warts, strawberry marks? And... No, I don't think he has. Oh, yes, he does. He's got a darling mole on his left knee. Yes? Oh, I mean, yes, he has. It is, so that's right. I'm sick and tired of all this. I don't know what kind of a game you're playing, but I'm not Adolph Jensen. I'm George Cougat. I have no children. I'm married to Liz, and Katie's the maid. But he's in worse shape than I thought. I'll get it. Buck up, old man. Now, you fight this Oh, Corey. Hi, Liz. Step out here. I want to explain things to you. Now, don't give us away. You see, somebody has come oh, back. Oh, Corey. Am I glad to see you. Come in here. You're just in time to save my life. Now, listen, Miller. This is my best friend. He's known me for years. He'll tell you who I am. Why, Adolf, don't you recognize him? Look who's here. Your oldest son. Corey, say something. <laughs> Daddy.
now, didn't it, George? Roscoe never knew the difference. Katie's pride was saved. Nobody was hurt, were they? I guess not, Liz. I'll have to admit, the old codger gave me a big order for some bonds. Oh, he did? Yeah. Well, then maybe I can have that new fur coat. Can I, George? George? Can I? Why don't you answer me? Who are you, lady? I'm Adolph Jensen. All right, I don't want the fur coat. Hi, Liz. Oh, you. <laughs> no, I was just fooling. Come on, give me a kiss. Well, give me a kiss. What's the matter, Liz? I'm not Liz. I'm Mrs. Jensen. You are? Yes. <laughs> Turn off the lights, Adolph. <laughs> My Favorite Husband, starring Lucille Ball with Richard Denning, was produced for broadcast in the Frankfurt studios of the American Forces Network Europe by Air Force Sergeant Dave Schofield. Specialist Brad Scott speaking. Join us next time for My Favorite Husband. Well, guys, that does it for Miss Lucille Ball and Mr. Richard Denning. Please stay tuned as we welcome to the show later on tonight, Mr. Arch Obler. And then stay tuned for tomorrow night's performance as we welcome the comedy duo Abbott and Costello. Stay tuned for the f- coming weeks as we welcome to the show Miss Cecile Fletcher, Mr. Jack Benny, Mr. Anton M. Leader. Mr. Bob Hope, Mr. Orson Welles, and Miss Doris Day. And stay tuned for a bonus episode as we welcome Mr. Alfred Hitchcock to the program on September the 8th. You guys can follow me on Spotify, Google, Apple, Podcast Addicts, CastBox, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Just type in the Search Engine Mystery and Comedy Old Time Radio Podcast, and it should pull my podcast right up. Stay tuned for the coming weeks, also, guys, as I drop in your description boxes my Facebook and Instagram pages where you can like and follow me. I hope you guys have enjoyed my podcast. Once again, please comment and subscribe. And have a great day, guys. Thanks.